Welcome to the Main Deck Podcast. If you like games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, and many, many more, you're in the right place. For all of our TCG news and content and links to all of our socials, visit www.maindeck.games. Now, on to the show. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Main Deck Podcast. This is the podcast for and by trading card game players. I'm your host, Dan Green, and today I am joined by my co-host, Kevin Kerrigan. Howdy, everyone. How's it going? Good to be back. Yeah, I love I love having you on here, Kevin, because you have always some uh, just very different viewpoints than I'm used to, and I love just to be able to introduce it to people. And I think today... I think today we're really going to highlight some of those differences, and that's going to be really fun, I think, for people to listen to. So, too. Um, so today, the topic of the episode is uh, the future of universes. So I have to I have to set this up a little bit. Um, universes, for people who aren't aware, is the current name of the game. It came out. I should really have the number in front of me. It came out around a decade ago, a little more, I think. UFS 2004, I believe 2004. Never mind. Boy, phew, that was a bad guess on my part. <laughs> well, might be wrong, but it's around there somewhere. Yeah. Time. Time sure flies, huh? It's crazy. Oof, tell me about it. Um, Universal fighting system. UFS came out back then, launched with the Penny Arcade set out of like nowhere. Super strange. Um, and, and I actually did some looking at this. That was like the year that first or second year or something of the Penny Arcade Expo. And it was like the big thing mm-hmm. that they were selling down there or something. Um, and then launched into fighting games and was like very fighting game exclusive as far as the property it used for many years. And just in 2019, rebranded to Universes, um, has introduced some other video games and anime into it since then, and is currently known by most people as the My Hero Academia card game by the majority of people. I should say, just know it as that. And and I still surprise people when I tell them, hey, did you know my hero's been around for the card game's been around for like over a decade? Uh, like it just came out like it's it's mm-hmm. not very well known. So I always feel like I have to introduce that when we're talking about that um, because it's it it's gone through all these name changes and it just like, you know, just like we have, I guess this is our third name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that very soon. We have some interesting thoughts about what sort of the future of IPs and licenses. We, we're going to be purely speculating, by the way. There's no, if you're here looking for insider info, we don't have it. Um, but a lot, a lot of just that fun content creator speculation is what we're going to be doing. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy that one. Before we jump into that, though, we are going to do our usual banter, little chat about what we've been playing lately in the trading card game and trading card game related world. So Kevin... It's been a while since I've gotten to really talk to you. So why don't you tell me what have you been up to? Well, as far as card games go, um, a couple of cool things have actually happened recently. Um, I just got in a couple of weeks ago. I pre-ordered some, uh, for those who don't know, Hololive, the VTuber scene, mm. you know, things like that. I ordered pre-ordered some uh, accessories from Bushiroad for Y Schwartz. And they finally came in a couple of weeks ago. I was able to get a deck box, some sleeves, a mat and a binder with all my favorite VTubers on it. So I was really happy to get that in. That's awesome. Let me, let me, I don't know if I ever caught this on, uh, from you because that, that, uh, the Vice Shorts Hollow Live set came out in May or June or something. And did, did you end up getting product from that? And how, how did oh, your polls yeah. go? 
my girlfriend and I got like half a case between the two of us. We went ham on it. Nice. Because we're we're both down the rabbit hole and have been for a long time as far as VTubers go. And we got we actually pulled some pretty good cards. We got a couple SPs. We got one SSP. We didn't get any like the big holy crap, you know, you're going to sell these for $500 cards. But we got some nice ones and we definitely want to get some more in the future. Try to round out our collection a little bit more. That's awesome. Have you have you played Vice? No. Okay. That's <laughs> that's 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 the, I, <laughs> that's the thing with Weiss. It's it's a very collector heavy game. The joke is that nobody plays Weiss. Everyone just collects it. And I did the same thing with uh, Jojo Golden Wind when that came out in 22. And I'm doing the same thing with Hololive. The difference is that I do have more of an incentive to actually learn how to play with Hololive. Yeah. The the thing about Vice that's um, always you know, you're you're not wrong at all. You hear people all the time who just who just collect and and what they do is they put out some brilliant collector things that you just you see this if you're a fan of any of the animes, any of the property, not just animes now because they got they I've been tempted to buy some of the Star Wars stuff because I'm such a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, but that's Japan only. Of, yeah, the Japan only sets like they've got like Disney and like Toy Story and Pixar. I saw that. There. I just saw those it's like wild. teasing that like it was like. Pixar greatest hits or something with like mm-hmm. shots from like Toy Story three and stuff like that. Yeah, there is a Marvel set over mm-hmm. in Japan. I don't know how we don't have that. It doesn't make any sense because I would love for that to mm-hmm. come over here. I think it's completely a licensing thing. Um, it I, has to be I, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I assume that there is uh, some sort of I mean, I'm not I'm not a legal expert. <laughs> I don't know how any of this stuff really works. I just know how I've heard things work in the past. And all I can do is really speculate that um, there's some terms that were created for how uh, trading cards and or trading card games, and they could be lumped into the same thing. They could be separate. It always Mm -hmm. depends. But I know like Cool Mini or Not is a company um, that has had access to like board games based on Marvel franchises, and they've been licensing through there. And I don't know what kind of exclusivity agreement they have, but they've been doing that. But Fantasy Flight Games... Uh, still in the board game world, has been producing the Marvel Champions LCG. And and I don't think it's a stretch to guess that as long as that is currently being produced, they can't produce another trading card game because it's a card game and, and they might just be like using that as their... Domestically, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, domestically, right. And then Japan can just mm-hmm. like... It's always the case, it seems, that Japan can just kind of do whatever right. they want. Well, <laughs> well exactly. the US is stuck with the agreements they have, so... Yeah. That's always been a thing with Weiss where it's like when a new set gets announced, like, is it going to be America too? Is it Japan only? Yeah. Like just recently at Anime Expo, they announced that they're coming out with a Chainsaw Man set. And for anyone who hasn't read that manga, there's an anime coming out very soon. That's going to be like the next big hot thing. Mm-hmm. I've been reading the manga for quite some time, and it's one of my favorite series currently. That is confirmed to come to America. And a friend of mine was actually able to send me from Anime Expo the promo from there. And two of the One Piece promo packs. So shout outs to my friend Jimmy on Twitter for doing that. Nice one, Jimmy. Well done. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. I haven't I haven't read Chainsaw Man or anything, but uh, wake me up when there's a Spy Family Weiss set. Then I'm uh, I'm that's gonna oh, yeah. that's gonna get me. That, <laughs> that Anya SSP is gonna go for Buku bucks. Yeah, it's so <laughs> she's just so wholesome and cute. It's you can't hey. It, it, if you're a if you don't love Anya, I don't trust you. Like, I don't want to be in the room alone with you. Right. There's something <laughs> wrong with you. This this is um. if anyone listening to this for some reason still hasn't watched Spy Family, um, 
just just stop turn it off turn it off <laughs> go watch it <laughs> i don't that's cool yeah. come back later that's fine but man it's we'll still be here yeah we, we will it'd be right here on youtube no problem um yeah that's that that sounds really fun though i'm i'm really excited for you and your, your new hollow live swag and maybe you can actually try the game yeah. one time and and then report what you think that'd be kind of fun exactly well right now my hollow live sleeves are on my we cross deck <laughs> so it's like the waifu streams are crossing nice uh, and then I told you uh, last night, actually, I got finally got an email from UPS saying that my Street Fighter secret lair is coming in tomorrow. And I'm so excited for that. I can't wait to build my Ken Commander deck. That's awesome. So, yeah, Magic the Gathering, by the way, got to jump. Make sure people are, are aware when we're jumping around. Um, you actually got your your secret lair shipped to you before me. I just got the notification today that a oh, tracking number was created. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm patiently awaiting that too. I did get in the other day, my, um, my sorry for the inconvenience to neon dynasty collector boosters, because I had ordered the commander deck secret layer. That's like a flip a coin mm -hmm. based. It was an entire commander deck in a secret layer. It was like a hundred bucks mm -hmm. for the whole deck, which is, is not unreasonable at all. Considering there's a bunch of like exclusive art foils and stuff in there. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just going to probably sleeve it up and and maybe tweak it a little bit and just have it in my pool of decks I can play, um, which I'm sure is a common thing that people are doing. But I heard that that was like the secret layer before the one that's currently being shipped. And it's still now it's now it's Fortnite, I think. Oh, Fortnite. yeah. The, the Fortnite one right now. It's, you know what? Let's talk about that in just a second. Actually, that sounds fun. <laughs> I don't I don't know what other medium I'm going to use to talk about that. So let's talk about it here. But I just want to say <laughs> for people before I lose track of this, this uh this commander deck secret layer was, I mean, months and months ago, it was the, the rest of the secret layers from that super drop already shipped. Um, and this one, there's still no, even not even a, a shipping notification or anything coming. So they sent out these in to their credit, to wizards credit. Absolutely. They, they sent everyone who ordered that commander deck to Kamigawa Neon dynasty collector boosters. Um, that's nice. which is, you know, MSRP, that's like 40 bucks, which is like, mm. you know, pretty cool. I was so excited. I opened mine and I got the, just the worst, <laughs> just total junk. Oh man. <laughs> I, you shouldn't have even bothered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm because there, there could have been a neon ink Hidetsuku in there. There could have been an etched foil wandering emperor or something. So, I, you know, I had to give it, it a go. It could be in the mystery box, Lois. It, it, it could have even, it could have even been a mystery box inside there. <laughs> uh yeah but um anyway still you know i i understand they that that commander deck thing was like too good to be true because they're just used to shipping these like six card sets at most right and then they're like yeah and then we're gonna produce on demand 100 card commander decks and have exclusive mm -hmm. art and foiling and stuff and like it was like yeah of course this is just like unless they had everything really super ready for this infrastructure for the for this for this um print on demand thing yeah that's right like that's a magnitude more cards that need to be printed for that. So um, we'll get it someday, but you know. Yeah. I remember I, I messaged you about a week and a half ago. I was like, are secret layers supposed to take this long? And you're like, yes. <laughs> they I'm do. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. They just, they take forever. I'm actually surprised it came out as soon as it did. Then I wasn't expecting it for at least another month or so. It's like Kickstarter. Just buy it and then forget about it. And then you'll have like right. a fun present one day. <laughs> so there you go. So speaking of that Fortnite, huh? speaking of supply drops and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> how? OK, OK. I'm going to I'm going to preface this with um, my my. So there's a there's a Fortnite secret layer drop, right? Just get that out of the way. 
Um, it is the kind of drop where they printed the cards with like original Fortnite names and and art and stuff. And then they have underneath the card names the original card that is being printed. So it's, it's not like they printed like Jace the Mind Sculptor and then just slapped like a Fortnite picture on him. They would banana have man. they would have called him Banana Man and then put Jace the Mind Sculptor underneath and then slapped the Fortnite picture on him, right? So um okay. it's slightly more thematic than uh okay. than um you know, it, but it's not quite as thematic as like we made Ken from Street Fighter and then that's just the end of it. And you know, which is right. which is the the highest mm-hmm. level of theme they that they can do when they're doing these kind of universes beyond crossovers. Um yeah. so I want to say that I have said in the past and Sticking to my guns here, um, I think these kinds of things are great for the game, as in my opinion. I understand people, there's a lot of people who are out there who are like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to see it in my game. I get, I, dude, I get that. Like, I get, I get it. It's with Fortnite, totally, I totally understand. With Walking Dead, that was me too. I saw it and was like, mm-hmm. these are really cool cards. I'm not going to ever own one of these. I don't want to, I don't want, even though like they want some of the cards for their effects, I just don't want it in my game. Um, but I don't want to see them, <laughs> but no, but, but on the other hand, if someone likes them and plays them, I'm just going to use that, use it as an opportunity to like, take out my anger by like using a kill spell on one of their walking dead guys. Be like, did this happen in the show? <laughs> Whatever. Is this canon? <laughs> Is this canon? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but I think they're good for the game because, um, yeah. any, any chance that magic has to continue its outreach to get people interested in the game who wouldn't have been before. And, and I think I've seen people who are like, well, if they didn't like it before, they're not going to like it because of this. Kevin, Kevin's here is proof that as all they have to do is print a fist of the North star art ninja, and then print some street fighter stuff. And then Kevin's a magic player. I'm back in baby. 10, 15 years after the fact, but I'm back. Yeah. And, and I think that's great. Like, I love that people can, um, can just find something that resonates with them as long as they can make it fit into the magic framework. That's, I think that's really cool. It's one of those things where because they're not, you know, mechanically unique, they're, you know, essentially alt arts. Um, if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. There is no like there's no I'm trying to think of the right word. You don't have to buy these. You can skip this and then maybe the next one you'll like, you know, like I don't care about Fortnite. But if the next one's like Transformers or something, heck, yeah, I'm going to be into that. Right. I'm going to I'm excited for when Warhammer and Lord of the Rings come out. So, you know. You can pick and choose. You don't have to buy it if you don't want to. I think that I think that argument fell apart initially when they introduced the Walking Dead thing. And I was actually very, very critical of that as well, because they had no plan for any like in-universe versions of these cards. But since then, um, we saw they took the Stranger Things secret layer and then they printed Innistrad themed versions, which was perfect theming thematically to take the Stranger Things universe Mm -hmm. and put it on the horror themed plane. Um, they printed right. completely in magic multiverse versions of all of those cards. Um, and to be honest, I like I own the uh, secret layer for Stranger Things and I'm looking at them and I'm like, I don't want to play these. I want the magic version. <laughs> I like I think those are cool. I like an Estrada a ton. So um, mm-hmm. the one time I so far I've slotted one of those in the deck, I just I, I bought the the magic one because I liked it more. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, exactly. I think it is what it is, is, is exactly right. And they're, they're putting out, um, they're trying now to put out alternate versions, um, actual in universe magic versions of the ones that are made to be, you know, uh, Ken and Ryu and everything. They'll, they'll have some too, I'm sure pretty soon. 
Um, it's going to be fun to see. And you know what? I, I'll get those just because I like the Street Fighter characters. So I think it'll be cool to have the magic versions of those, too. They'll look cool next to each other in a binder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's more to collect. Right. And that's what a yeah. lot of people just yeah. like. So that's pretty cool. That said, Fortnite, I'm skipping personally. It's, yeah, uh, um, actually, I think the art is really well done. Like the, if you've looked at the, the art on the cards, it looks it looks really um it looks just like it's out of Fortnite without looking like it's a screenshot of Fortnite. If uh, if you understand what I right. mean, um, and I know what you mean. The art style makes sense. Yeah, and and that's really cool. So I think I think they actually like nailed it as far as like doing the Fortnite crossover. Okay. Um, I just don't care about it at all personally, but it's awesome yeah. if you do. And then I only have one other thing on my list, just so we don't go too long, is that tomorrow, actually, at my local, my locals, again, shout out to Time Twister Games, uh, the next Wii Cross set is coming out. Mm. And I am very excited about this set in particular, because this is the fifth set of the game so far coming out in America. And this is where we start getting a lot of cards to really expand deck building. So those who don't know, we cross, you build teams of three characters, right? Your leader card and your two assist cards. And up until now, there was really no incentive to break the teams. Because the cards that were made for them were so good and were required to have the specific teams. Now we're starting to get a lot of team breaking cards where you can say, you know, oh, I just want to put three blue cards together or three red cards together, regardless if they're in the same team. And the new team of divas that are coming out dxm are some of my favorites and they're like super heavy aggro which is what i love so it's it's one of those sets that's kind of really like breaking open the deck diversity of the game and i'm really excited to see where it goes so this is this is kind of like when they first introduced gold cards in magic or something and they like suddenly they give you a, a reason to like branch out from kind of what just made sense to do you know before then um some payoff for doing that and what's super cool about this set is just like I've said before in the past, starter decks and we cross have play sets of every card in them. So you only have to buy one starter deck. The new starter deck that's coming out for DXM is the same thing. One deck, four copies of everything, but they're all foil. Mm. So they cost a little bit more than a regular starter deck, but they look so nice. I, I mean, I'm a sucker. I'll always pay extra for the premiums, so. Uh, I would definitely do that. I, I still haven't gotten to give We Cross a shot, and I intend to. I, I really intend to at some point, actually, at Gen Con. Um, well, when we're releasing this, the either the week of or right before Gen Con here. Um, mm -hmm. But when I'm at Gen Con, I intend to look around and see. I've, I actually I posted on one of their Facebook is like, are you guys going to be at Gen Con? And I didn't get anything back. So I don't know if anyone's going to be there like running We Cross demos. If I see two starter decks, though. I might just grab them and, and take one of our group and be like, hey, we're going to play this right now. I got to figure this out. Um, and my spirit will be watching from above like, yes, like Mufasa <laughs> in the clouds. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to try it. It's the thematically, it's a little out of my usual. Um, you know, it's 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 what, super weeby. You can say it. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say it, but it is <laughs> it is fairly weeby. Um, and and that's uh, not always exactly what i'm into but at the same time um it just it looks like an interesting and cool game from i watched a uh, shout out to red zone rogue i watched red zone rogues how to play um if i remember when i'm posting this on youtube i'll link that in the description below you can check and see if i uh forgot like an idiot or remembered if you check the description here um and uh and he did a really great job just kind of showing how all the basic mechanics worked and everything and i thought that um it looked it looked pretty dope so 
Um, I definitely want to give it a shot. And then I was extremely drawn in this set when I saw that there was. Um, so my favorite thing that Japan does is mm-hmm. is taking absolutely anything they can think of and turning it into a girl. Um, I think that's <laughs> they, they will waifu anything. There is literally a card in this set. This that is, is a white waifu version of the Notre Dame. Cabinet. Yes, yes, absolutely. 1200s French cathedral as a girl. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> that should just Love be it. like, well, I don't I'm surprised it took this long. It took like 800 years to do that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Hollow Eye was able to waifu water. Anything is possible. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, I got to check this out because this is just getting off the chain. It's getting too wild and I got to be part of it. (laughs) Uh, So, um, yeah, that's that's really cool, though. And have you been have you been playing it all since that um, that online event that you did? Oh, yeah, I try. I you try and make it out to my locals every Saturday. That's awesome. And we're we're. We're thinking about pivoting to maybe once a month because usually with the weeklies, it's only like three or four people. So we figure if maybe we make it once a month, we can kind of get everyone together at the same time, give all the promos away at once. That's always the so, challenge. You know. Yeah. When you when you have a smaller group, sometimes it's better to space it out. We're like in, in our area right now is we we just finally got my hero off the ground after like everyone kind of nice. um, everyone kind of finished reeling from the, the pandemic. Right. And um, and so we we kind of got. I, I basically said to a group, all right, guys, I'm I'm starting playing. Then like a couple people started trickling back and now we're going to start doing some like how to play stuff and, and get some more people into it finally. But um, we're currently on every other week because, you know, it's just like this kind of core group right now. And people mm-hmm. just get people get worn out when there's um, when it's like everyone needs to attend in order for it to be like a proper right. event. Um, and that's always just one of the struggles of uh, of smaller card games. Um, Speaking of which, I'm going to use this for a shameless plug. Um, By the way, on main decks discord server linked in the description below, we run webcam leagues every month for your favorite, possibly smaller card games that you might have trouble finding a group for. Um, If you want to just turn on your webcam or some, I see people are like working their phones out to be webcams and stuff. There's some like cool apps, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you can, you just come on here. If you don't even know what you're doing, you're just like, I just want to play, but how do I get set up? Join our Discord server. Let us know, and then you can join our free leagues and play for prizes. I just I just whipped out the credit card and shipped out some more prizes today to people. Um, <laughs> I'm losing so much money on these, but everyone's <laughs> but everyone's having a great time. We're we're we love international audiences. We love just getting people because our leagues are our leagues are awesome because they allow you to play anytime that you have time. This isn't you have to make time on a Saturday to come to this. This isn't like your weeklies where where. If you're not there, you don't get to play. You just join and then you start asking to play games and you record them and um, you might win prizes. So definitely check us out down there um, because I what I love about it is just it's a great opportunity for people who have trouble getting a group together to play some of these games that are great, like My Hero. And and uh, well, we haven't done a We Cross League yet, but it's on my list. I would like to at some point. I got I got to get like hyped about it first and then I'll put in the work to get it <laughs> to get it out. Right. There. Yeah, and I'll definitely help you with anything you need to for that. If you want to help get it off the ground. Oh, for sure. I, oh, don't worry, Kevin. I'm calling on you. I'm calling on you. Um, yeah. That, so, that, do you have anything else to say about the next week cross set? Um, other than the fact it looks really fun, there's a couple of really good super rare cards that are in this set that are going to hold their value. It's just, uh, it's a great. It, honestly, it sounds kind of silly because it's like the fifth set, but like this is actually a really good time to get in if you weren't in from like set one onwards 
because the field is really opened up. And I have signed up for the webcam tournament on the 14th, which they originally had the date of Gen Con weekend. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's insane. Why Oops. are you doing that? But thankfully, they listened to Sense and changed it. So I'm lo- that's going to be really interesting because, again, the field's so wide open. It's going to be fun to see what kind of decks uh, do well in that event. Tell me, Kevin, how is how's the power creep going in, in We Cross for set five? I mean, power creep's inevitable in every car game, but how's how's it feeling? Right. To be honest, outside of a couple of teams like Sanbaka, which was only because like that was a group of VTubers and they just haven't been on any cards since that uh, first set. There's obvious signs of power creep. You know, there are like the the most valuable SR in this set, the white card. I think her name is Eddie or something. She's insanely powerful. But compared to other card games, I really got to say that it's not as bad as it could be. Like the newer cards are obviously stronger. You're still going to use a lot of the older cards. A lot of the older cards are still good. And like uh, my girlfriend, she plays uh, card jockey. And that deck is like, it's one of those decks that's kind of like always good. And you're mostly just going to be swapping out certain like super rares and like key pieces for like the newer, gooder stuff that comes out. So it it, it honestly really isn't that bad. I think it's, you know, every, basically every deck is playable to some degree. It's really hard for games of Wii Cross to be a total washout. Most games end with like one or zero life left before the winner is declared. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I think one thing that people don't take into account when they start looking at a game's power creep, um, especially early on, is that a lot of the time um, games start out being designed one way with like certain certain, you know, every game designer sits down and they kind of have their boundaries. OK, like a card for this cost should do this thing. And and then this color is going to focus on this thing. And usually after three or four sets. And I can say from experience when we were helping develop um, the Metacross card game, it was, it wasn't until set four, um, set three kind of, but then set four, which was then the last set for, unfortunately, um, that we've like really like honed in. We're like, okay, now, like we now understand what our, uh, what our actual, like we had an idea for what our, we kind of, what we were trying to do, but we didn't know what we should do, if that makes sense. And once you get a few sets in, you start to like you start to have already explored some of those boundaries and be like, you know what? This effect actually wasn't very strong. We thought it was uh, we thought it was reasonable. But given the context of the game and how it's kind of developed, it actually isn't very strong. So we need to pump up the power of those kinds of effects. And so you actually get this sort of like what looks like power creep um, in some ways in some of these in early on in a game like this. But it's actually just like kind of balancing things appropriately when they were previously unbalanced um in in you know right. it, so things were unnecessarily powerless or or were too powerful um at the time and you kind of rebalance them as you go so do you do you, do you see any of that maybe happening in this set or or is it just like straight up now nah, like that was fine before and now this is just like way better <laughs> i i do think you are right to some degree i think the the teams and like especially like the like a magic has their color chart of like this, these colors do this, they do these things really well. I think right now we cross is really starting to understand like what red does well, what white does well, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, um, because the, sh- the game is technically based on an anime, there is a show. So they will use like same characters, you know, more than once, like the main cast and everything. And like, they're always coming out with like, so if it's a team of three, each of the three, get their own leader version that's like in the center 
So like even among the same team, there's like three different ways to play it. Like for no limit, you can have Piranha as the center, Aquino, Ray, and the deck plays completely differently because that usually changes the color of your deck as well. So um, yeah, I, I think they're I think they're really starting to come into their own as an identity. Even though again, the game's been out in Japan for a while, but I think it's the same process that they were feeling over there that we're now getting over here, right? Yeah, sure. Cool. Yeah, it's coalescing more that coalescing is probably the right term. It's just everything starts to kind of come together eventually. And you start to realize what stuff's supposed to do and and what what's most fun, especially is another thing is like um, because your game has to the the reason power creep happens a lot of time is just the game has to be fun and exciting to play. So sometimes you need to be like, well, even though it was like more like fair to do it this way, we can just make this thing way more fun and then compensate with some Mm -hmm. other cards as well. And then people just like that more. And like another good thing is like all of the like basic gameplay types are viable. If you like aggro, there's an aggro deck for you. If you like control, there's a control deck for you. If you like mid range, there's something for you to play and they're all viable, at least right now. That's always really good to hear. I want to talk about a game that I've been playing recently where I'm not sure how true that is. (laughs) (laughs) A little hot take actually, but um, I'm my it's going to start out sounding like a hot take, but I actually have a lot of praise. Um, I've been playing Pokemon recently, um, ah. and uh, and if you've been catching uh, catching my streams, I've been on the last. Well, I couldn't stream last weekend because of a hardware failure, but um, prior to that, I was playing Pokemon on our Sunday kind of a Sunday shakeup stream, um, and I'm going to be playing it again uh, this weekend too because I was having a lot of fun, um, and I didn't think I didn't think I would like have as much. I thought it'd be like you know cool, entertaining, whatever. Like when I played GBA Yu Gi Oh, like yeah, that was that was cute, whatever. But like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually liked it uh, quite a bit. So um, Pokemon, if you're unfamiliar, I you I don't <laughs> you probably you probably missed a whole lot. Of, I like you're not even sure why you're here and what you're watching right now if you're not familiar with the Pokemon card game. <laughs> um, Pokemon card game has obviously been around for forever, and um, many, many people are basically our entire generation. You and me, Kevin, uh, played it when we were kids. There's like not a chance that you didn't at least own cards like you had some like somebody gave you some at some point or you were really hardcore and you were playing it and and uh, trying to be competitive and stuff. So. um, So Pokemon's interesting because um, (laughs) when when we were kids, the Pokemon card game, as Wizards was producing it, um, played, I mean, the rules haven't changed, but it played very differently than Pokemon mm-hmm. does today. Um, Kevin, right. you've, you've been, you've played some Pokemon more recently, right? Yes. So, so, you know, like, uh, it's, there's, there's all these double prize Pokemon. They're V right now. They were like EX mm-hmm. for a while or something. And they're, they're like level X at some point and uh, all sorts of weird ones, but, um, <laughs> They're V right now, and then the V ones are like they give you two prizes and they can evolve into mm. V Max, which give mm. three prizes, and V Star, which still only give two prizes, but they have a once per game ability um, on them. Um, and I, I bring up this mechanic in particular because the game is so, so revolves so much around these Pokemon at this point. I mean, you could definitely play mm. decks that don't play a lot of V or, or, or focus on them, but you're kind of hamstrung because they're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have way more health than a regular Pokemon. Their attacks do way more damage. Yeah, when you're playing like a normal evolution and then your opponent plays a V or or a V-Star, God forbid, a V-Max, 
it's just it's gonna yeah. one shot you no matter what you what you try to do, and it's gonna sit there and it'll take multiple hits from your like fully pumped up thing to to kill it. Generally, generally speaking, there's don't right, yeah. don't come at me in the comments. There are exceptions for everything I'm Actually, saying. Actually, yeah, <laughs> there's def, there's always exceptions. But um, the thing that is most different to me is like back when Wizards was producing it, you, you building a Pokemon deck was almost identical to building a Magic deck except with like more, mm. more pot of greed available because Bill was yeah. everywhere. Um, but, you know, you played uh, a, a fairly high amount of energy compared to what you play today. Um, you played a bunch of evolutionary lines. You had to have like kind of outs to getting things because you had computer search. You had Professor Oak. You had ways to, to draw mm. cards. And actually, you know, things could be surprisingly a little more degenerate because nothing was a supporter at the time, which is limit one per turn. Um, Right. So you could just play them over and over again. But they were also more reined in effects than what they are now. Um, Bill, Bill is uh, the supporter version of Bill, just printed in like gold and silver or something, is super outclassed now. Like you wouldn't even think about yeah. putting that in. It's like, why waste your time with that card? Um, it, it's fu it's funny when you look at Pokemon where it's like there's a card that says draw three cards. And in any other card game, that would be like the most insanely broken. Oh, my God. Why isn't there this a four of in every deck? But in reality, it's like that card sucks. Yeah, it's, it's not that good. <laughs> it's a supporter and you only draw three cards. Because you can draw way more than that. So mm -hmm. so here's here's what I realized. This was my epiphany moment with Pokemon was I was looking at every, I, people. I had people in like discord and stuff telling me, hey, you should play Pokemon. I was like, all right, I'll play Pokemon. Like, sounds good. You know, I, I saw some people on, on Twitch who were streaming it and uh, and had having a lot of fun, having a lot of people coming in and saying, I was like, yeah, well, like for my shake up Sunday, why don't I just uh, why don't I just fire up old PTCGO and play some Pokemon online? Um, so I did. And then I, I, I before I did that, I started just watching a little bit and and I, I noticed a resemblance. I posted about this on Facebook. I did get someone who who took a, um, a little bit of offense to me saying this. So I want to be really careful when I say this this time, because I when I say this, it's completely a positive thing. Um, it just will come off to different people differently because everyone's got their own takes on different card games and formats or whatever. Pokemon is like vintage magic. Um, and by that, I mean that in vintage magic, everyone's effectively playing some sort of combo deck. Um, and in Pokemon, I mean, I this is where so my initial kind of way to lead into this was was about. I don't know if those are all things you can definitely play decks that play at sort of different paces. Um, but ultimately, Pokemon is built very much as a combo heavy game. Um, your your interactions that are powerful are generally based on assembling some sort of Voltron of stuff on the board. Um, current decks that are good. The the Mew, the Mew single strike deck. Or fusion, the Mew Fusion Strike deck, um, is, right now, is just like exactly what I'm talking about. Is like, is it a combo deck? I mean, you know, it's not going like infinite combo. I win, but it's going like, okay, I want to have these things on my bench. I want to have Mew in play, and then Mew uses uh, Genesect's ability, and then it does because of all this stuff, it does a million damage to you. Um, and that's a, I mean, that's a combo. Uh, the current popular um, budget deck is is Rocks, Soul Rock, and Lunatones from Pokemon Go combo deck that's a combo deck you're just trying to put this combo out and then i don't care that like your goal is to push out lunatone and do damage doesn't mean it's not comboing somehow there's just like different maybe degrees of combo that they go into right it's kind of similar in uh Yu-Gi-Oh kind of has that thing now where it's like you know no matter what deck you're playing to some degree like whether you're playing 
uh, floors or, you know, um, sky strikers. It's like most boards kind of end the same way. Uh, Baron, uh, you get Baron to floor on the field. You set a solemn, you set a couple other floodgates, you pass your turn. There are different steps to get there, but they all kind of end the same way. And Pokemon is very similar in that, in that, like you were saying, the makeup of a Pokemon deck is very across the board for a lot of different decks. They all run a lot of the same cards. They're all going to run Professor's Research and Boss's Orders mm. and, you know, Quick Ball and things like that. So, you know, the, the, the path is the same, but your destination is where it diverts and what exactly the deck does, which is why Pokemon, I think, has more A-tier decks than pretty much any other card game because obviously there's your S tiers that are like the best of the best, but they have so many decks in between that like tier one and tier two that all do really well, which is why in big Pokemon tournaments, you'll see a lot of decks and you go, what is that? I've never seen that before. What do you mean that made top eight, you know? I Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so spot on and you're hitting on exactly what I wanted to go into, which is as, as soon as I sort of realized, okay, so like everything's a, a flavor of combo in here. And then I started analyzing the deck list and I realized these these are built also exactly like you would build um, a vintage deck in Magic. And by that I mean our resource cards, our energies, our lands are are you're basically your goal in Pokemon is to minimize the amount of energy you have to put in your deck. Like when you're deck building, that's like you want to have no more than the. I mean, and that's true in Magic, right? Like you're, obviously you're like, okay, how many energy do I, do I or how many lands do I put in my deck? Twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, whatever. Except it's just just like in Vintage Magic, instead of talking about numbers in the twenties, you're saying, can I go down to six? Will I be okay if I go down to six energy in this deck or whatever? And a lot can. My deck has ten energy in it. I'm playing one with twelve, and and like I'm on the high end <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> you are, yeah. Um, and then the rest of the deck is just built up on how do I see as much of my deck as possible so I can assemble that thing. And if you if you take any any magic vintage deck um, with maybe the exception and some of the big vintage players might come in and be like, well, you can play like a death and taxes or something like whatever. Like, again, I know there's exceptions, but you take fine. You take just about any magic vintage deck. You will see that it was built with the exact same kind of thought process in mind. The, the idea is I'm trying to minimize the amount of useless cards because I can only play one land a turn and the game's going to end on turn two or three. So I don't need to have more than two, like two land or I'm losing the game, you know? So um, I don't ever want to see more than that many. So how can I see as many cards as possible? And as long as I'm like playing stuff like Ancestor Recall and I'm, and I'm playing stuff like Time Twister and like have the ability to draw into this is and Pokemon's exactly the same way. It's obviously no surprise because Wizards made both systems back in the day. Um, so it obviously was inspired heavily by magic. So you can play one energy per turn. So how many energy do you want to see? Only the exact amount that you need to play um, in a game. And Pokemon games go a little longer than vintage. That's that's where like people people probably thought I went. I meant that like, oh, it's just like, you know, just like a modern like Yu-Gi-Oh high tier game where you just go like do, are you, there's that meme video where the person um, is uh, is playing like like it's it's a meme, but it was literally a Yu-Gi-Oh like a uh, regional um, championship game or whatever, where the person just is like op- takes their hand and be like, you win because they don't didn't have like the, the hand trapped. <laughs> to yeah, stop right. Them. I didn't draw ash. You win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so and people probably thought I meant that about the game, which I don't at all. I just mean like in the most in, in the in the most endearing and best way possible. 
Pokemon is like vintage. And and I actually really like that because you can jump into a game, a standard like game of a trading card game, and you can play as if you were playing a format in Magic that costs you just thousands and thousands of dollars to build a deck for. One of the great things about Pokemon is because so many decks share that same card pool. It is very cheap to make a deck incredibly cheap. And they make it so easy. Like they, yeah, they're, they're the so good with reprints, trainers, like toolkits, challenge decks. It, like every, if there's a popular V or V star V max card, if it doesn't already have a tin or a box set or something to get a guaranteed copies of it, it's coming in like a, a month or two or whatever. They, I, I just saw that they have the Palkia one coming soon. It comes with both Palkia and Palkia V star. Um, and, and there you go. That's like the considered the top deck in Pokemon right now, the number one deck, um, by a lot of people. Um, yeah, so I've been having a ton of fun, man. Like, it's actually really cool. Like I get to, I like to just sit really down happy. and, and combo and that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Cause I love Pokemon. I got into it, you know, late last year and I've, I haven't been able to attend my locals as much because my work schedule changed, but I'm looking forward to when official tournaments start happening again, presumably after worlds in London, which I think is next month. And we can start getting more, you know, local events going. I'm looking forward to that because my girlfriend and I did get a lot of uh, we invested a lot into Go. Mm, yep. Yep. Yeah. Go. Go. I mean, goes what got me too because I just uh, I don't I don't know what it is. You know what? I have no idea what it is other than Pokemon is still Pokemon. It's still. Yeah, it's, it's still. It's that comfort thing that's always there, right? You look at Pokemon, you just have this sense of warmth inside of you. Like when you play a new game or you open a new pack, like it's always Pokemon. I think I think Pokemon also does a really good job with their um, with making their packs exciting to open, especially with the recent sets and the trainer gallery that they've been putting in them. Um, even yeah. though they're not worth a lot of money, those trainer gallery cards are some of the prettiest like art and cards that like you you just you every three packs or so in Pokemon, you get like a banger, basically. And it doesn't even matter like how how valuable it is or whatever. You're like, oh, man, that looks so cool. Like, I love that. Um, that's that they're totally really fun agree. to open. Um, yeah. So so Pokemon, um, if you are someone who if you're if you've not tried Pokemon, modern Pokemon, and you like the idea of I had a game where on turn one, I drew through half my deck. I drew literally 30, oh, yeah. 30 oh, yeah. cards. In that, like, I don't normally pay attention to the numbers, but I just like I was doing a lot of stuff. I was like, you know, whatever, like played, uh, uh, playing the balls, discarding cards, searching Pokemon, playing play. Got down to uh, just my last card was Crobat V. Play Crobat V. Drop to six. Uh, draw some more balls. Draw Professor's Research. Professor's Research. I was like going through everything, and then I looked at my deck, and it's like I literally went through half my deck in one turn, and my hand is full of card draw still. <laughs> and like, if that sounds fun to you, you got to try it. Like, because Pokemon lets you do that where the other games are, are, Ooh, we have to be all like reined in and careful about how many cards mm -hmm. people draw or whatever. It, yeah. If you like kind of, if you like those kinds of games and you know, Lord knows I do love those kind of fast paced games where it's like, <laughs> go, 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 go. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Fun stuff. So, um, that's, that was my big thing to report. And because we, uh, we've talked plenty about the banter here. I'm, I won't talk too much about other stuff. I mentioned I'm playing my hero, but Gen Con. I'm going to be playing my hero basically all weekend. So, hey, if you're at Gen Con, come uh, come say hi to me. I'll be at the Panini booth um, on. Wait, hang on. Thursday afternoon, I'll be working the Panini booth and teaching NFL five TCG to people. Uh, so 
come on, come on down for your Gen Con and I'll teach you how to play NFL five and say, Hey, I saw you on the podcast or I, you know, I'm, I'm in the main deck discord or whatever. And I'd love to say hi to you. That'd be really fun. Um, otherwise you'll catch me at the MHA tables. And if you're at Evo next week in Vegas, you can come say hi to me. There we go. I unfortunately won't be at, I say unfortunately, but you know, I won't be at Gen Con this year, but I will be at Evo. It's always been such a struggle being a fighting game and a trading card game fan. Evo and Gen Con are always the same weekend. I hate it. (laughs) But Kevin, what an incredible segue you've given us. Fighting games versus trading card games, Mm -hmm. fighting games versus anime. Let's talk about universes. Let's talk about My Hero Academia card game. Let's talk about let's talk about what comes next. So here's, so I already gave the setup, right? For what universes is. It was UFS fighting games. It's kind of, it's kind of basically just my hero academia at this point. Um, there's a few things we know about what's going on with it. First of all, shout out to Jasco games. Uh, I, before I jump into any of this, my, my thing I have to say is that none of this is intended to, if, if I say anything that you misconstrue as me hating on Jasco, I'm just assuring you, you've misconstrued it. Um, absolutely. We love, we love Jason. We love Tim. We love all those guys there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jasco is a, is a game that is a company that is always, always striving to just do right by the players. And, and do, do they make missteps? Every company, every single company makes missteps. Um, Mm. but Jasco more so than most of the ones I see go out of their way to fix it, um, in the best way they can. Point case in point, the recent redemption changes and promo legality changes that they just announced. Yeah. Where where now what season other games you know that would do that. <laughs> I I'm I I am gonna name Dragon Ball Super as a game that releases these exclusive promos and then just says, well, good luck, and then you got to get them for your deck or whatever. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is which you know is fine. Like that's and and that that drives attendance to the events and everything, but. Um, I appreciate so much that Jasco just announced that season three promos are not legal until the end of the season three events, which is like great because I really wanted four flamethrower for my uh, Ochako two deck because Ochako two with flamethrower is going to be something gross that you don't want to oh deal boy. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be nasty, but girl keeps getting better. I know. I know. Of course she does. Uh, she's the best. So, um, but, 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 um, so I just want to say that that Jasco is is awesome. They're they they always try to make good choices for things. So I'm never nothing I say here is intended to disparage them in any way. I don't think we're going to, but I just feel like I have to make sure that's mentioned right out the gate. Um the thing that's so the thing is going on with my heroes that when we don't know everything, right? We don't know everything about what's happened behind the scenes and the deals and and how things work with Funimation and, and Asmodee. And basically there's just like a lot of hands in the pot now. Um, and so there's always going to be things that happen that are maybe like slightly out of people's, uh, out of, of whoever you think should be in controls control, uh, of the situation. Um, we know that when in 2019, Jasco announced universes was the new name of the game. Um, they released the Yu Yu Hakusho expansion, but that was still under the UFS name. They released the Libra of Souls, Soul Calibur two or Soul Calibur six Libra of Souls, uh, expansion still under the UFS label. Then they started releasing a bunch of DLC packages, covering a variety of fighting games, covering Xenoscope's Grim Fairy Tales. That was really random, but cool. Covering Cowboy Bebop also. Um, those were all Universe's card back, though. Um, and then My Hero Academia is entirely Universe's card back. So that's like the basic setup. I, we also know at some point they planned on releasing a, a Yu Yu Hakusho Dark Tournament set. Um, 
<laughs> and they said, and and at the time, this was 2019. Obviously, the world changed after that. Who knows? Who knows what the plans are now? It's impossible to say, um, unless you're Dark someone. Tournament looms. <laughs> it's, it keeps looming. That, that was the name of the promo that they handed out as a teaser. But yeah, it's definitely taking its time looming right now. Um, so all we know is that they have had some intentions to do things. So with all of that said, My Hero Academia finally launched after the whole pandemic delay. They had basically a year where nothing even came out um, because of that. Not not their fault. Not their fault at all. Now My Hero's out. The game has never been as big as it is. Not even close. Not, not even, not even a, a fragment of the current player base existed before. Um, it's crazy. It's, and, and, uh, from everything we can see, it's doing very well. It's picking up steam. They're, they're, um, they're finally getting their international release ducks in a row. It looks like, um, they are getting set three teasers are coming and it hasn't even been eight months yet or something. It's it's, okay. Maybe a few things I said might come off as disparaging. Again, I love Jasco. Um, (laughs) there was just a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of stuff got in the way and they were getting everything figured out. And, and again, I think a big part of this is they just, it is so much bigger now than it was. And when you're a company who's, who was one size and now you're Mm -hmm. kind of producing for this whole other ball game, this whole other size, It there's leagues now. And and like I said, all the hands in the pot and everything, there's just, you know, it's tough to control everything like that. Um, but it looks like things are are getting pretty good. So the question is, at some point, um, either one, some kind of like mentioned in the past, but who knows if it's still active thing, exclusivity agreement might come to might might be over, right? Which is we heard something about like one year of dedicated my hero and then question marks. Um, whether or not that's still true, I don't know. Or at some point my hero's just going to be kind of done, right? Like, like we, we can't say it's going to be the, my hero academia card game for 20 years, right? At some point, at some point people are kind of done with it and there's no reason in universes for it to continue to be my hero academia. So the question is what happens after that? Um, do we go back to fighting games? Do we uh, do we just keep, is it just my hero? Is it just my hero forever? And then we just close up shop when it's done. Um, do we, do we go back to the dark tournament? <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> do we try and get an, a po- another popular shonen? Do we, do we get demon slayer? Do we get, uh, J- chainsaw man? I don't know how long this is going to take. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, um, Kevin, what happens? You tell me. I feel like to talk about this, there's a few things you have to consider. And one of them is, like you said, the future of My Hero Academia as an IP. We already know that the series itself is winding down. By next year, the manga will more than likely wrap up. So, we're in set three now. So, we're past the sports festival arc. There's still a good chunk of story to go. And it kind of reminds me of back when, you know, Score was doing DBZ and they went in like saga order. And if you knew where the series was going, you're like, well, how much, how many more sets do they have left? Right. And they kind of cheated a little bit and extended with like the world tournament arc and the cell games arc and all that kind of stuff. So, there could be those kind of like, you know, artificial extensions to keep it going. But at the end of the day, my hero as a series will end. That doesn't mean it won't stay popular. People still love things like Naruto, Bleach, 
you know, all these other shows that have long gone, but are still in the public consciousness. Aren't both so of those still going? Naruto and Bleach both ended. Bleach is actually coming back. Well, well that's Boruto. what I'm saying. You got, you got Shippuden, yeah, yeah. you got Boruto. You don't, you don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Bleach I... is actually coming back and animating one of the arcs they didn't get to way back when. And I'm really excited because I love Bleach. Cool. Um. Anyway, so My Hero is going to end, but it's still going to be relatively popular for at least a certain amount of time. Other thing you have to consider is how many of the people that came for My Hero are going to stay for universes. I feel like that is I feel like that's going to determine a lot. And your answer is basically depending on how pessimistic or optimistic you are. Granted, I think a lot of people are here, and this isn't again disparaging or negative. A lot of people are here because it's my hero. And that's fine. It's a popular IP. A lot of people like it. <laughs> so a lot of those people will most likely not stay when it's no longer just my hero. And that's fine, right? So here's the thing. Like you said, what do you do from there? And people love pointing this out to me. And listen, I've been in the FGC since 2009. Finding, finding game, game community. community. <laughs> yes. Earlier, if you count just like personally liking those kind of games. But I've been in the community since then. I of all people understand that fighting games are niche. There are a couple... Um, IPs, your Street Fighter, your Mortal Kombat, that kind of go beyond that scope that, you know, Joe Sixpack also has heard of and likes. I remember playing that in the Pizza Palace, you know, when I was six or whatever, stuff like that. So those have a little more cultural cachet than other things. So I understand that fighting games cannot carry universes forever. My thing is, I don't want them to abandon them entirely. I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much time, Dan. You can interject if you want. But so I know that it, it cannot survive on fighting games alone. But if you look at the rules of the game, it is designed from the beginning and still is. It is a card game version of a fighting game. That's why we have high mids and lows, speed and damage, counters, revert. Well, not yet anyway, but, you know, reversals, things like that. So it is at its core a fighting game, and that's what first attracted me to it, because that's where I come from. That's where I make my home. So I don't want to see fighting games go away forever. If they can do smaller sets, or even if it's just relegated to like DLC packs like they did in the past, if there was like a Street Fighter Six DLC set and not a booster pack, I would be totally okay with that. That sounds awesome, right? But I think what you said earlier specifically is that need to keep catering to that kind of anime audience and something like demon slayer is a perfect example of something that can get that attention that my hero has and i think another thing that helped universe ufs slash universes maintain its player base is that it appealed to what i call the toonami generation that's why things like cowboy bebop and you know appeal to people that are our age that grew up watching anime when it first started coming to America. So I think the smart thing to do when my hero eventually does end is to get more anime properties, keep those nostalgic properties, but also don't forget about the fighting games. Don't forget of where you started, right? It's not going to make you the most money. You still got to have it there a little bit. Yeah. I, I have a really hard time arguing with um, with that general sentiment. Um, I am probably pretty close to you in in my thought about what should happen next. 
Um, I, I think that the one thing that if, if you're Jasco, that you have to be thinking right now, uh, thinking about the most right now, if, when you're thinking about the future is, um, you know, how do we make sure we don't pull the rug, um, with our player base? Because what you don't want to do is get a whole bunch of people invested in my hero academia card game and then just go, it's over now time for a street fighter or so like even street fighter is popular, but like, like, you know, you could, how about like, I don't know. It's over now time for soul caliber. I actually like soul caliber more than street fighter. Personally. I don't know why I, I, I played it as a kid more than I did street fighter. So, um, it's over now time for blaze blue. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. I needed, I needed you to fill in something that was kind of obscure that I've heard of only a little blood. bit. <laughs> um, yeah, as, as soon as that happens, you're going to have a bunch of players who are feeling kind of left out. Um, the thing that I think is really, really tricky about this, and I don't, this is something I, I haven't really prepared exactly how to put this sentiment into words, um, but I feel like there's a, there's a transference um, that happens much more easily between anime properties for someone. Someone can be a fan of, of Dragon Ball Z you know, like whatever. And then they can start watching Naruto and go, yeah, I get why I like this. Like that's, you know, that's, yeah, I get it. I, you know, it's, and they can, then they can start to transfer a little bit. I think it's actually pretty similar. Now that I'm thinking about it to what you see just in like, um, becoming a, a board game fan or something. You, you'll start off playing the rabbit hole. You start playing Catan and you're like, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, whatever. I like this. And then your friend will show you something just like a little bit more complicated and you'd be like, I don't know. Oh, but this thing's kind of like Catan. I like, you know, I like that part of it. And then you start playing like, yeah, actually this is pretty cool. And then it just starts to like escalate until like, so you're like Twilight Imperium. That's easy. I don't need to worry about that. (laughs) I think card games in general are like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it happens in, in any game or any, any sort of thing that has just this like wider hobby that you can get into. You'll start to find there's a transference as you start in one end and then you start to realize, you know, I like these elements and maybe you started out being scared or or not liking some certain element, but then you, it warmed up to you and it was easier to warm up to you because you liked these other things about it already, you know? Um, and I, the thing that I think is, is going to be a problem is that fighting games are just different than, anime you know it's, it sounds like the dumbest thing in the world to say fighting here's the news flash for this podcast fighting games are different than anime <laughs> headline um but they are like they have a different sensibility especially if you're talking about like stuff like mortal Kombat, um like street fighter i think we've talked about this a little bit street fighter is kind of a weeby fighting game like a little bit not not as I mean, not as weeby as like guilty gear or something right but like <laughs> I mean, there's an entire subgenre of fighting games called anime fighting games, right? Yeah, but any, but even like Street Fighter being one of the like mainline ones, it's its character designs are are distinctly a little more Japanese and, and yeah, cartoony and that kind of stuff. And and whereas Mortal Kombat is is like just a different thing. So if like if what you did was you you finished My Hero and went next set is Mortal Kombat, um, you would have a bunch of people who were playing My Hero and go, well, I like the game, and they start looking at the set and go, I just don't like see the thing, the thread, you know, demon slayer. I don't see the thread. I don't, uh, I, I don't get what's like, what, what's follow what I'm going to follow to get into this exactly. Um, and I think that would feel like a big rug pull to some people who just like, aren't, they're not, maybe not into, you know, the gore and stuff that's in mortal Kombat. I think it needs to be more of a general transition. This is going to sound like a weird analogy, but for anyone who's ever had a pet, like a dog or a cat, 
when you start when you start having to give them a new food what the vet always tells you to do is you put a little bit of the new food in with their old food and you slowly start replacing the old food until they're eating the new food and they don't even realize it right so you're right going from my hero to something like mortal kombat would not be a smart move but going from my hero to demon slayer or to something like that. And then you start sprinkling in like, you know, oh, here's the Street Fighter DLC set. Here's a little mini, uh, you know, a Cowboy Bebop set. And then that transition feels a lot easier. And it's a lot easier to swallow for the people that started with My Hero. And I think great example of this is a game that we mentioned a little while ago, Weishwar's. Weishwar's biggest appeal is that it's a multi-IP game. And so is universes, technically, right? And people who like the certain IP usually stick with that IP. But the difference is, is that there is less people playing Weiss Schwartz, right? So like if Weiss all of a sudden said, hey, we're only going to be a Sword Art Online game because, you know, they've had a million Sword Art Online sets. That may be good in the short term because Sword Art Online is really popular and a lot of people like it. I don't know why, but they do. Um, so, but then that would all of a sudden, all these other people that want it for those other IPs will just fall completely off board. I think I, there, there's a trick with Weiss though. And, and that is that Weiss is, um, or Weiss, I, I go back and forth between how I say it, German or not. Um, but <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Uh, the the issue with that game that makes it kind of a tricky comparison is that I and someone can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the main format for that game is uh, you you don't mix your IPs together. You don't no. So you can get into Vice because you like Hollow Live, and right. you only have to buy new cards for your deck when another Hollow Live set comes out, right? And and mm-hmm. importantly, your deck isn't depowered because you're choosing not to use cards from the Star Wars expansion or something. You're you it would only be depowered if the Star Wars deck was objectively better than your Hollow Live deck. And it's usually what happens in Weiss. Well, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll we'll just uh we'll just go ahead and sure. Maybe that but is the case. It, it, it's not a perfect one-to-one analogy, yeah. but you see what I mean about like multi-IP games. Yeah, right? for sure. You ha- you have to slowly drip feed. You, you're right. You can't just pull out the rug. You have to make it an easier transition because universe is, is at this point now where that's something they have to consider. Back then they didn't have to worry about that. It's like, yeah, we'll do another Street Fighter set, whatever. But now it's a concern because there are so many people playing. I think I think the prior player base um was definitely one that uh you only got into it because you were if you were okay with fighting game stuff. You know, if you if you were like you either liked the fighting game aesthetics and 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 uh IPs and stuff, or you tolerated them and you liked the game, you know, there's like one of the two and, and, and universes is such a good game that it was actually quite easy for me, who is not a fighting game fan to like, I saw that my hero is coming like, okay, I'll learn the game. And I'm like, wow, this game is really fun. I'll play right now, even though I really don't care about who Gil is or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And like, this is a good point because that brings up such a huge advantage that universes does have. And obviously this is objective because we both like the game, but universes is a really good game and its system is built in a way where you can use so many different IPs and it works. That's why shown in anime is so good for the universe's system. It just translates naturally. So 
that's another thing to consider that should be taken advantage of. We have this really good game. We can use that to our advantage now, but I go ahead, go ahead and finish. No, I was going to say that. I think at the end of the day, the, just the reality of it is when it does happen, some people are going to leave and you just have to accept that at a certain point, you try to keep as many as you can, but I feel like it's an, it's inevitable that some people are just going to leave because the word my hero isn't on it. Yeah. I, and, and it's definitely going to happen. I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think there's, well, there's, there's, okay. I have two different things I want to talk about. The first one is that we haven't broached the format, the, we haven't broached the topic at all of formats. Um, and one thing that just like this, this conversation would be missing a huge chunk if we didn't talk about the fact that Jasco is in full control over how they advertise and what formats they how what how they advertise their formats and what formats they allow people to play. Um mm. it's quite possible that My Hero Only continues to be a format for a decade, you know, whatever. Um the only thing is of course eventually without an infusion of new content it gets a little stale and old, right? So um we don't know what they're doing again. So if maybe their plan is it's My Hero Only until Demon Slayer comes out then it's demon slayer only, you know, like, and maybe they just continue to do like hard resets every so often. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the play, but maybe they do. I don't think so either. Cause then you're in the wife situation. Yeah. Uh, and, but like maybe, Hey, maybe it's, maybe it's, is the wife situation. Maybe it's, you can continue to play your, my hero deck against demon slayer only decks. Uh, or something, you know, the chrono clash or yeah, it's the chrono clash. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Um, the game that, that died. So Digimon could live. Right. And we're better off for it. Yeah, probably, um, (laughs) Um, you know, but like, I just wanted the audience to, to also be thinking, you know, and and not realizing that we, we aren't thinking about that too, but like, there are certainly ways to, um, ways to push formats. Another thing I've heard is, is, um, whenever they bring back the standard format, which in universes was the mixing of the most recent 10 sets or whatever, whenever they bring back standard at last, um, I personally think when they do, it's going to be my hero forward and your sets before are going to be turned into a, a modern format or something where it's just like from this set forward, never rotating, um, whatever it could be. It could be from street fighter 30th forward and then never rotates or something, um, or whatever. And, and so they certainly could design things so that all these cards continue to be playable and then have whatever the, the, the anime du jour or the, the, whatever that they, they Labor want the month. Yep. Can be their can be their like their main format that Funimation gives them the Buku bucks to, to advertise or whatever. Right. Um, I also, I also think that like part of the fun of universes is being able to combine those cards and I think losing that would hurt the game a lot. I totally agree with you. I, I actually, I'm I'm the kind of person who, when I have the ability to mix things, it makes uh, maybe this is like the slight autistic brain coming out in me or something. But um, when I can build a deck in in Magic or whatever, and he uses cards from as many different multiverses, multi universes as possible in Magic, it feels better to me. When I was playing, when I was developing and playing Metacross. Um, if I was able to use cards from Justice League, Green Lantern, Attack on Titan, and Batman in my mm-hmm. deck, it felt like a cooler deck to me because it was like I found all Absolutely. these disparate pieces and I was able to puzzle together something that is like my favorite thing in that game was my my Attack on Titan deck. It was it was Titan focused, but the linchpin to the deck was Bane. 
from Batman. <laughs> and I just, I, I got such a kick out of that um, being, being like, and people were really surprised by it too. They're like, wow, like that was, that's a really effective uh, uh, MP engine. And they're yeah. like, yep. There's, there's a fun and a novelty in being like, oh, my Mega Man is going to do a Shoryuken. You know what I mean? My Spike Spiegel is going to throw a Hadouken. You know, that's part of the fun. I'm glad you didn't say my Mega Man. Oh, no, it's Mega. I was going to say I was going to make a joke about Mega Man doing Hadouken because he doesn't Mega Man X, but they never made that's Mega Man X. Yeah, no, you you were on top of it. I was behind. All right. <laughs> all right. Good job, Kevin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And and I I think your idea of um, like drip feeding DLCs with fighting games or something to test the waters and everything, not a bad one. Um, but I want to come to, I want to come to just one kind of concept and put it out there for people to, to mull over. And I'd actually really interested to hear what the audience thinks. So I would love to hear you guys comments down below, like what you think is going to happen with universes going forward. Once we're all said and done here and you've heard us out. Um, so you made a comment earlier that I've been waiting, uh, patiently to, to not pounce on, but to discuss, <laughs> um, because I think this is a really interesting point of view to think about. You said the game is built like a fighting game. And there's no arguing that like hundred percent. I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but you're not totally is built like a fighting game. However, name an anime that hasn't had a fighting game made of it. I've dragon ball. Hasn't? Yeah, that hasn't dragon ball fighter Z Naruto, my hero academia attack on Titan. I'm pretty sure had one, I think, or something. No, they had a, they had a, they had a, like an open world type, like whatever play. I don't think attack on Titan. Had so one. the North star, you Hakusho, uh, Hunter, Hunter, basically any shonen. So my point is that it is built. It, the universes is built like a fighting game. Definitely. But also the fighting game system already just builds into how animes work when people want to play any game version of them they already like the first thing they do is like well let's make a fighting game like it's like the obvious yeah. thing to do to the point where yeah, that's why shonen's work so well in it yep but it's to the point where just to like take your point and just kind of just kind of twist it to a slightly different perspective why would you need to go back to street fighter as your ip when all your ips already fit the glove of a fighting game and they're po more popular you know, that's the thing I want. I want just the audience and Kevin here to think about because because we already just naturally make anime into fighting games. And this is just I think this is a point where and again, like when I tell people like, you know, oh, yeah, my hero has been around since since it was UFS back in 2000, whatever Kevin tells me is, is when it came out. Um, uh, and they're they're surprised because they just played my hero and they thought, oh, cool game. Like, yeah, this makes sense. Like it just fe it feels fine to them despite the fact that it uses a bunch of fighting game specific terminology um, because it just, it works, you know, I think that's interesting. You are right. And you succeeded in making me feel sad about it, but <laughs> I'm sorry. That's there. One thing I think that something like a street fighter does that does have an advantage over something that you might call a flavor of the month anime is that something like street fighter, mortal Kombat, even Tekken king of fighters, those are evergreen. Mm. They may, they may take a while, but there is almost always going to be a new game eventually. There's going to be a Street Fighter 6. There's going to be a Street Fighter 7. There's going to be a Mortal Kombat 12. There's going to be a Tekken 8. Hopefully there's a King of Fighters 16. <laughs> SNK, you never know. But. <laughs> Isn't SNK owned by like Saudi Arabia now or something? Let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> we'll skip that conversation. 
that is one of the advantages that some of those properties do have, which also brings up another thing that I should have mentioned before is, you know, you can also transfer more into other video games, mm. right? Something like, you know, and again, I'm just spitballing here for ideas and stuff near automata set or just, you know, some other kind of, you know, fun, popular game that people like. And exactly. And you can also do something like I have been wishing for, like, you know, if I had my seven Dragon Balls, it would be like, what about a Sailor Moon set? What about yes. a Common Rider Please. set? What about a Super Sentai set? I want Sailor Moon. I want it so, like, it for years, so dude, badly. Years. Like, it would be cool. <laughs> it would be like legitimately awesome. Or, or well, we're just, you know, we're just going to go ahead and indulge our, our baseless wild speculation. Um, right. <laughs> this this is totally never going to happen. But but how about Castlevania? How many cool characters exist in Castlevania? Like mm-hmm. and and it would right. be I mean, that'd be just so dope. Get, Bring the pixel art promos back. I miss those. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, OK, but there are. Go, to, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. You just say it. It does go to what you were saying. It's like, no, you don't need fighting games because the system is so versatile. It's so universal that you can really put anything you want into it. And I think that's something they need to take advantage of. Yeah. And and I mean, I hope I really hope they do. But and, and I think if they do, uh, you know, sprinkling in those DLCs, trying stuff out like grab, you know, maybe they have a, a smaller video game or whatever and just toss it in as a DLC and see, see how people react to it. It's it's mm-hmm. uh you know, they can actually one thing I wonder about is with especially with secret layers and everything right now, like print on demand is becoming functional, you know, more so than it ever that's was in true. the past. Hey, if Jasco can work that out, that's an option. Well, yeah. If Jasco did like a Street Fighter six, like secret layer style thing, shut up and take my money. hundred percent. And then and then they just, you know, they don't basically it's uh, uh, as long as you get the infrastructure set up from what I understand, as long as you get the infrastructure set up. It's it's the it's a minimized risk. It's almost no risk right. to you. It's just you get everything set up and then you print exactly how many you need and you ship them out. And it takes it takes a year to get your stuff or whatever. But like um, it then allows them to look at, um, OK, how did Street Fighter do? How did Street Fighter six do? Oh, we, we actually got a lot of orders and now a lot of people own Ken and Ryu and everything and that means they might actually just buy into a full booster set and we can try mm-hmm. making that. Um, and it doesn't hurt that Street Fighter six is probably going to launch well this time. <laughs> hey, 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 don't jinx it. Don't jinx. Don't jinx the Street Fighter listen, series. Listen, it doesn't need listen. it. <laughs> if anyone is on pins and needles about it, it's me. I'm actually going to play it next week. Ooh, exciting. Well, you have to report yeah. back. Tell, tell us how it is. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I always feel like I'm not sure what kind of point we come to in these conversations, but I, I like to think that it's just a lot of food for thought for people. Um, I think yeah. if, okay, I mean, I am going to make sure I end on like a, a solid opinion from both of us. Um, okay. here's my, here's my opinion. And I haven't fully expressed this. I think, um, I think that fighting games, um, I think they could be something that comes back. And I think for some of the, some of the, remember some of the smaller, much smaller group, of of enfranchised players from the past. Oh, I didn't get to make my main point, which I'm going to make in here that um, from from what conversation we had in the past, which is that um, the players who were in the game initially, who are playing my hero now, are ones who 
have weathered the storm of possibly getting an IP that they don't care about, you know, <laughs> and 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 just dealing with it. And they they went with through Seventh Cross and they went through Cowboy Bebop and they went through um, and they went through Mega Man and maybe they didn't like that. And they went through uh, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and now they went through My Hero Academia. Um, for those players, and and God bless them. It doesn't really matter what the next IP is. I hope they love it. Obviously, I'm not saying like you, your opinion doesn't matter at all. I want I hope you guys get something you're excited about. But if you're talking about, oh, we might lose some some of the old players, those ones who made it through all of these probably don't really care what the next IP is. They just love the game and they're just going to play it, you know. Um, so uh, should we print fighting games to appeal to the people who have weathered the storm so far and have gotten into my hero? Um. I personally, my personal opinion, I don't think you would need to. Um, and if you're in Jasco's position, Funimation's position, whoever's pulling the strings, you're thinking about the bottom line and you might be thinking about how, how much more money you make by going into something that has more transfer, uh, transferability from My Hero Academia um, instead. Now, I don't think your idea is bad. I don't think the DLC idea is bad. I don't think print on demand is is out of the question or anything. And and I don't I don't I would if they print Street Fighter Six as the next set, I'm still playing the game probably um, because it's uh, I had to say probably though that's that's see that's the indication like that instinctively came out. Um, but it's a great game, so I'm you know I'm definitely going to look at it no matter what. I'm not going to be like Street Fighter. I'm out. Um, but if I were in their position, I wouldn't be worrying too much about it, um, about, about fighting games. I would be thinking about them a little bit, but I'd be like, what's the next anime? Like, what's the next thing that I can transfer these players into that they'll still like? Um, that would be my priority. Um, and that's what I think they should do then from my perspective. Am I right or wrong? Let me know in the comments, but Kevin, what's, what do you think? What's your final thoughts, final, final opinion, final word. I think, like you said, you know, um, like I said at the beginning, you know, fighting games are niche. I understand this. And that's obviously not their top priority. But I do think that the what I feel is the best way moving forward is, like you said, what's the next big thing they can get that can kind of link that thread between my hero to something else and then slowly start, you know, implementing more things over time you know you have a multi-ip game use that to your advantage have the big new anime have the nostalgic anime have the little bit of the video game thing for thing for the older people that have been playing for a long time you have the advantage of not having to commit to one thing so don't i mean I, it's that's very succinctly said and 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 I definitely am not in my in my vision for the future. I'm not taking full advantage of that like uh, like yours is. So, um, yeah, with that, I mean, I think that's I think that's a good set of thoughts. I think that's some like I said, uh, some good food for thought for people just to think about and uh, and look forward to it. If you haven't played universes yet, um, maybe this got you a little intrigued and you definitely should um, check out. There's some incredible how to plays from the community. Um, I intend to make one at some point, but I just got out of a like a two week two or three weeks sprint of making our grand archive how to play. And it took every ounce of my free time <laughs> and I'm so exhausted from that. So, um, my hero is probably next on my list to make, but yeah, it's going to take a little bit. So I can't unfortunately link you to a cool main deck video on that. And I still plan on making that beginner's guide, the we cross, uh, article. 
I would love to see. Hopefully yeah, that'll be out soon. Yeah, that'd be fun to post. Please, please. But yeah, if you guys, if you guys have any thoughts about the future of universes, if you're whether you're an enfranchised player or you just heard about it and you want to toss your two cents into the arena of opinion, that is our comment section down below. Then <laughs> please, please uh, let us know what you think. I'm just curious if you did enjoy our podcast episode today and you're watching on YouTube because we do have a number of audio only listeners, by the way, shout out to the cool audio only, only listeners who can't see my facial expressions to things Kevin says, um, but you guys are so cool. Um, shout us to them. But if you're on YouTube, give us the like down below. If you did enjoy this would really appreciate that. We are, uh, we just passed 750 subs, which I'm excited about. We are on the road to one K and, uh, we are going to continue to grow from there. We ain't stopping because card games, Cardboard rectangles are life at this point. Like what, what else is there other than Our relationship with shiny cardboard is complicated. <laughs> it's, it's not complicated. I've just devoted my life to it. It's simple. It's all done. <laughs> uh, it's already all out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Re really appreciate everything you guys can do to help us reach those goals. We really do appreciate you um, and, and appreciate you for watching and appreciate your comments and all that kind of stuff. So with that said, guys, I've been Dan. This has been Kevin. As always, we've had a wonderful conversation like we always do. I got to keep getting Kevin on more often because I always have so much fun. Um, Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, and that's going to do it for today's episode of the Main Deck Podcast. And come back next time for another episode that we haven't even planned yet. <laughs> hey, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>